Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading or streaming the Be Our Guest podcast. The following is the live call-in show from this past Sunday night, October 23rd, 2022. Scott was not here this week. He was having a good old weekend in New York City for the first time. So it was just me and the callers. But we had a good time. We talked some news at the top of the show. We have Ackershoes and Kona in Tusker House with some breaking news and reopenings and changes to their dining experiences. And we have a date for Fantasmic reopening over at the studios, November 3rd. Spoiler alert, get ready for uh, some Mickey's Nightmares and Imagination coming back. It's been a while. Also, we take your calls and we talk about some more obscure characters, including a great one that's hidden in plain sight over at Wilderness Lodge. Some great characters over at uh, American Adventure as well. Just lots of fun Disney conversation over the next 50 minutes. Don't forget our show is always brought to you by The Magic for Less Travel. Check them out today over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. That one extra click really does help us out. It's BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And a sincere thank you to the patrons of the Be Our Guest Podcast. You make all these shows possible. We could not do this without you. And our patrons get that bonus show every week called Mike in the Midwest. If you'd like to join us, we'd sure love to have you. Come on over. Patreon.com slash Be Our Guest Podcast. Ready to take a trip to the world? You found the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. This is where your memories come front and center on our podcast stage. Well, hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the BOGP Open Line for Sunday night, October 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, Mike Rallman from BeOurGuestPodcast.com. And you can check me out on the social media over at Twitter and Instagram at BeOurGuestMike. I would love for you to give me a follow over there so we can... Uh, we could talk this week, and, and in the future, we could talk about sports, we could talk about Disney, we could talk about where you're from, we could talk about where I'm from. I love interacting with the listeners of our show because it's so cool to get your perspective on maybe your favorite college football team, uh, your favorite attraction at Epcot, your why you love Harmonious, why you hate Enchantment, whatever it is. It's great to be able to interact with our listeners. But thanks for hanging out with us here on a Sunday night. It is the BOGP Open Line, where we open up the phones at 407-413-9395. 407-413-9395 and take your calls for the next hour. And this show really needs to be driven by our listeners today because my co-host Scott, Scotty G, the big hashtag, is... Hanging out in New York City right now. He's having a big weekend there. Got to send a big happy birthday to his daughter, Emily, who, uh, you know, this is her celebration. This was the brainchild. She wanted to go to New York City. So Scott's a great dad. So he made it happen. And I got to also send a huge shout out to listener Marlesa because uh, from what I'm seeing in the... Um, the pictures that Scott is is posting on Instagram. So if you're not following him, check out his adventures at Epscott, E-P-S-C-O-T. Marlesa is showing them all around the big city. And I believe, I'm almost positive, this is Scott's first time in New York City and his family. And uh, they look like old pros. Uh, they, they've been on a subway. They've been eating, what do they call them in New York City? Slices, uh, pieces of pizza. Uh, they've been to a couple, at least, of Broadway shows. I've seen them all dressed up going. I think they saw The Lion King. 
They've been to Central Park, and I saw in Central Park, Scott was having a hot dog, a Nathan's hot dog, I believe it was, because he was by some kind of a cart. Um, it, it, I mean, there, it looks to me like lots of pictures from big, tall buildings. I mean, from a guy from Missouri, it looks like he is doing it exactly right. So uh, we'll have Scott back here next uh, Sunday night. Maybe he can give us a five to ten minute recap of uh, what a Michigan guy thinks of New York City, because I think that would be kind of interesting. But for tonight, we're talking Disney. So I'm going to take your calls here in just one second. Let me hit the news so we have something to talk about here shortly. Ricky provides the news over at themouseforless.com. So if you're ever looking for uh, news on Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, Disneyland, that is the place to go, themouseforless.com. Well, you may or may not have heard there is a little nighttime spectacular over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now, we talk about this show uh, every once in a while on our podcast, and you have heard the intro music to this show many, many times. If you've listened to our show, I can tell you personally, I've heard the, the music to this show over 2,100 times because we kind of borrow it for our intro. It's Fantasmic. So Fantasmic is that wonderful Nighttime spectacular that takes place in the big theater there, kind of over by Tower of Terror at the end of Sunset Boulevard. And it's been missing since uh, since the pandemic started. And we've always been wondering, is it coming back? Is it not coming back? Is it going to have changes? Yes, now we do know it is coming back. It's going to come back with some changes. And we know a date. The date to know. And it is soon, people. November 3rd, the first performance for the general public of Fantasmic is happening November 3rd. So we've only got a couple of weeks. Now, why is that exciting? For those of you that are headed down to Wine and Dine Race Weekend, you are going to have the opportunity to not only run 5K, 10K, or 13.1 miles, but you might get to get into Mickey's imagination over in Sea Fantasmic over that weekend, starting on November 3rd. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, glad to have Fantasmic back because, uh, you know, just personal connection there. That is my wife's favorite nighttime show. She always, like, even back when we had Wishes, we had Happily Ever After, we had uh, Illuminations. My wife always, always liked Fantasmic the best. So we always made an effort to see that at least once or twice in a week-long trip. We did kind of talk about this on um, one of the podcasts uh, a couple of weeks ago. Like, one of the things to remember about Fantasmic, though, is it is a time sucker. Like, I always, you know, I always think like you just you can just walk right up to Fantasmic and you're in the theater in five minutes. That's not the case. You got to really kind of plan for. You got to. It's at least a ten minute walk from Sunset Boulevard to get back to the theater with no stoppages. And then you got to get your seat. And then when you get out, it takes a little bit of time to get out of the park. It does take time, but I think the show is worth it. But it is a little bit of work and a little bit of hassle, but uh, it, it, it's a great show. So, um, and, and Adam in our live chat says, you know, he's going to be there on uh, November 4th. So it's coincidence they brought back Fantasmic just so that his family could go see Mickey's imagination. So, congratulations, Adam. We all thank you so much for letting us. Uh, See Fantasmic as well. So I'm curious, you know, what is your favorite nighttime spectacular now with the three going on? So now we'll have Fantasmic, which, hey, I'm putting that in the classic category. We got the classic Fantasmic and then we got the two new guys on the on the uh, on the block, at least for right now. Enchantment, Harmonious, 
How would you rank those three? So we'll talk about that here in just a minute at 407-413-9395. All right, how about another reopening? Because we're still missing a few things that are not open from uh, COVID, and this is a huge one. This one I like because a lot of people cannot pronounce this. Restaurant Eckershoes. And that's how you say it. It's so funny because I've heard this pronounced a thousand different ways. And I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly myself, but this is how I've heard most people say it. Restaurant Eckershoes. I think that's right. But I could totally be wrong because I'm about as far from Norway as you can get. So if I'm wrong... You can correct me. You won't hurt my feelings. But it says, Restaurant Akershus, the Royal Banquet Hall, is going to reopen its doors once again on November 4th. Maybe this is also for Adam's family because Adam's family. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize that. But uh, it's coming back, and it's going to be there in World Showcase at Epcot over in the Norway Pavilion. So you can get your Norwegian cuisine on. And, of course, this is going to be your place to meet the princesses. Uh, ADRs are now open. So if you wanted to get over there, you can uh, you can do that. So let's see if uh, Ricky has who the princesses are. Uh, 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 it doesn't say. I think there used to be five because we used to go to this one quite often. I always preferred to go to this place rather than Cinderella's Royal Table. When Mallory was younger, I don't know. It was a little bit cheaper. It was a lot easier to get in. And I kind of like the food. I, I don't know. Mallory liked the food, but I did. Uh, but it looks like it's only going to have dinner to start. No word on breakfast or lunch. So only dinner to start, Ricky says. But uh, November 4th, get your ADRs now for Restaurant Akershus and get that going. Two other reopenings. We have Tusker House and Kona Cafe. It says, uh, so let's start with Kona Cafe. Kona, as you know, has been down for refurbishment over at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. It is going to open on November 1st. Our runners for Wine and Dine are going to have lots of new experiences. Actually, not new. Uh, reopened experiences to enjoy. So enjoy that. Uh, it says this restaurant's going to feature a refreshed experience. The look, feel, and even some flavors will be different yet familiar. Kota Cafe will still feature American cuisine with an Asian flair. Plus, guests can still watch the chefs at work. In the on-stage uh, kitchen, Tonga Toast is going to be back, though. They, they did say they are going to have Tonga Toast because that's kind of their signature thing for breakfast. I, I can't have Tonga Toast because I'm allergic to bananas. I know everybody talks about Tonga Toast, but it would make me totally have a reaction. I'd end up in the hospital, but that's okay because I used to always get the big kahuna, so I hope they have that. Uh, let's see here. So if you want to know it, a Tonga Toast is banana stuffed French bread rolled in cinnamon sugar and served with a strawberry compote, I guess that is. And uh, so they're going to have the big kahuna burger at lunch, seafood, poo-poo platter. I don't even know what that is. But uh, so there's your Tusk, Tusk uh, sorry, uh, Coda Cafe, November 1st. Tusker House at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. This again Hidden gem. When you're looking for an ADR, can't find anything, Tusker House usually has an ADR available most times because people don't think about Animal Kingdom and dining and sit-down dining. Tusker House has good, good food. But it's also going to be transitioning from family styles back to a buffet starting on when? November 1st. So you can get your buffet back on. Uh, let's see here. You know, it's got the normal staples for breakfast, Mickey Waffles breakfast meats, uh, you know, stuff like that. 
lunch and dinner, breads, dips, uh, tandoori chicken, curry shrimp, cauliflower, cauliflower bunny chow. That doesn't sound very good. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So just when you get, it is good though. It's a good place to eat. So November 1st, Tusker house back to a buffet, baby. So there you go. That's our news section uh, for today. Lots of food there. You got Eckershoes. You got Kona. You have Tusker House. Good options to eat there. Uh, two in Epcot. No, one in Epcot, one in Animal Kingdom, one at the Polynesian, and then Fantasmic coming back at you, baby. So we have that coming up soon. Also on Friday's show, we have two things I want to talk to you about, and then we'll open up the phone lines. One. Friday's podcast was about unexpected frights around Walt Disney World. So things where you might get kind of scared, but you might not think about it. So you might go over to uh, Tom Sawyer Island, just chill out. But your kids might actually freak out or the adults might freak out when they go through the tunnels on Tom Sawyer Island. Just because maybe they're a little claustrophobic or maybe they don't like the dark and you were not expecting that. So that's one of those places. Uh, The Swiss Family Treehouse, just because somebody that's scared of heights It doesn't look like you're going to go up that high, but you actually do get up pretty high by the time you complete all the stairs and see all the little rooms in the treehouse. So what would you add to that list that we left off? And one more time, we are going to talk about underappreciated Walt Disney World characters, and I'm talking minor characters. I'm talking like the cliff divers in El Rio del Tiempo, the Grand Fiesta Tour, I'm old, so I call it El Rio del Tiempo. Uh, we talked about the, the uh, Oriental gentleman and his, uh, I guess, grandson and at the end of Living with the Land. What are they up to? We Scott and I always talk about that. Uh, the old couple in uh, Impressions de France at the end there. So lots to talk about tonight. Talk about whatever you want. Bring it up. We could talk about variable pricing for Genie Plus. We could talk about anything that's going on at the park. So let's open up the phone lines. I can't talk for an hour. I need to talk to you. So 407-413-9395. 407-413-9395. Give me a call and we'll uh, get going here. Lisa does have a question here, so let me get this real quick. She says, I have a question. You have a book for New Year's Eve weekend. If we are unable to get on Guardians the first day, can we go to Guest Relations and add a park hopper even though we have a travel agent? Yes. So you can. Manipulate your tickets once you're there. That's totally fine. All right, we have three calls coming at the same time. Let me get the first one, the first one that came in right here. Hey, who's joining us? Hey, this is Katie from Maryland. Hey, Katie, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. It's actually my first time ever calling in. Hey, let me give you a bell here because that's awesome. I appreciate you calling. (laughs) Of course, because I would help you out tonight. Yes, because I need it. Scott is up and left me for New York City. I mean, what I'm are you going to do? Up there. It's only a few hours away from me. Yeah, I mean, I get you. How do I compete with that, right? The dude's uh, he, he's eating it up, man, going to shows, and uh, you know, he's he's dressed up like he's going to a wedding every thirty minutes. It's crazy. It's uh, I don't know if I can right. handle New York City. It looks like it's too busy for me. He's he's like he's been going nonstop for seventy two hours. I mean, that is the New York City lifestyle. I guess, I, yeah, city that I mean, I, the only thing I know about New York City is I watch Blue Bloods every day as I work. And so, yeah, like, it makes me a little nervous. Like, unless I see Commissioner Reagan somewhere, like, protecting me, I don't know what I would do. So, anyway, so what's on your mind? I wanted to call about another obscure character that has not been mentioned at all the last several episodes. Love it. Go for it. So, hopefully, I'm, like, understanding the assignment because this might be a little too obscure. (laughs) Um, But the mascot 
at Wilderness Lodge, Humphrey the Bear. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely no. And a lot of people love that guy because I am a Wilderness Lodge fan. I think it's just an amazing yeah, place yeah. to stay. Now, is is it is he not on like a totem pole or something? Is kind of a collectible or some kind of a souvenir in the shop somewhere? He definitely is. I feel like the part that I'm referring to is the sh- like how wilderness lodge when you have the sun reflecting on it and like just the right angle so it's the right time of day the reflection definitely has the bear shape to it um so backstory january 2021 so you know height of covid um went down to disney for with my mom we took the boat to the wilderness lodge you know for guys your point because you know we love that um, we were the only ones on the boat. And so, you know, because it also is January 2021, very few people were around. Um, the boat captain was like, you want to take a scenic route? And so we're like, sure. And so he took us all the way far out, like as far out in the lake you could possibly go with the Wilderness Lodge, like pretty far out in the distance. So like nowhere where you would normally go on the boat. Um, and you could see the reflection um, of Humphrey or, you know, the bear shape in general on the lake and it was like just that right time of day um and then he told us the whole story of it so yeah yeah, yeah i'm glad you brought that up so let to add to that so it, mm-hmm. it, and that's why i'm glad you brought that up because that's one of those things we should do a show about this but I, I think it'd be challenging to come up with enough to talk for like 40 minutes but right this is one of those things that's kind of there in plain sight you know it's like it's hidden mm-hmm. in plain sight right like everybody that stayed at the lodge has looked up at the building, but unless you know, like to see it, you never will. But once, but once, you know, once somebody tells you, look, there's the eyes, there's this, Mm -hmm. this is, this is the bear. And and I didn't know either, but one time um, we were getting together with a good friend of the show, uh, Mark, who lives up in Chicago. He's an avid fisherman. And whenever he goes to Walt Disney world, he always rents, those pontoon boats. And I guess you get like eight people for the same, it costs the same whether one guy goes out or eight. So we always ask like mm-hmm. Scott and, you know, me and a couple of other buddies from the show. So we always go out fishing with them, even though I, I'm a terrible fisher. I, I don't know how to fish. <laughs> I, I mean, I like riding on the boat and like they do. I mean, everything. me neither. But yeah. Well, the thing is like Disney does everything for you. Like they'll bait your hook. Like, I mean, I just got to throw it out there. And if it gets something, they take it off the hook. It's great. You know, anyway, I, then I, and I joke, I'm like, there's probably a guy in a scuba gear, like under this boat, like putting the fish on your hook. So you feel good. I, I don't think that's the case, but, but same. but what happened was we had that boat and we were out in Bay Lake. And he did the same thing. The boat guy was like, hey, check this out. So we we're because we ended up fishing kind of behind the contemporary back where they serviced the big ferry boat. Actually, there's a there's a kind of a little inlet. And uh, he's like, yeah, check it out. And he told us all the same things. And also that that shoe tree thing. You know about that? Where, where the captains throw their shoes? Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird thing. <laughs> I don't know why they are, you know, another thing just kind of on, on the tangent there. Our high school band, like on their on their senior night, because we had senior night at our high school Friday, so we honor the cheerleaders and the football team. Well, the senior band, you know, did their their big number, but our band members leave their shoes on the field after the performance, and their parents have to go out and pick up their shoes. I think that's the weirdest thing ever. I I don't know why. I don't know what the I, like. Somebody's got to tell me the backstory there. Maybe we have some band people that would let me know. I unless you're. I don't know if you know. Does, yeah, I can't help you. you know, okay, good, because I don't know either. I'm just, I need somebody <laughs> to bail me out on that one because I'm like, why is everybody leaving their shoes on the field? We got to play the second half of this football game here. We, you know, it's <laughs> the weirdest thing. But no, Humphrey, we're going to add that. That is a great call. Let me ask you this. What's your favorite hotel to stay at at Walt Disney World when you go down? 
Um, my favorite, I usually would say Pop Century or Caribbean Beach. I don't know that I could choose just one. You're a Skyliner fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but even before the Skyliner, I usually would always stay at either Pop Century or Art of Animation. Usually it's alternating between the two. I think you've talked about before about loving both particularly pop century and just the theming of it um and it's always been you know convenient affordable and then add a skyliner to it so really can't go wrong yeah pop's got everything i need it's got really nice rooms got good food court it's got the skyliner it's got a good place to run and you know i can hop over to now with the skyliner i can take advantage of anything at caribbean beach for dining i can go to the (laughs) riviera and go to primo piatto if i want to eat and then boom Studios, Epcot, I'm connected. So, yeah, th- th- that's always where I land, especially for race weekends when I'm not with, uh, you know, with my family. Because <laughs> if I if yeah. I want anything, <laughs> if, if I want anything other than del- or value, I'd be in big trouble. So, yeah, that's my that's my safe place. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my mom and I are <laughs> my mom and I are doing the wine and dine weekend next weekend, but we're staying at Caribbean Beach largely because that was her choice. Hey, good call. I. I think I'm backing out of wine and dying because of the knee, so uh, not going to make it. Oh, there, yeah. Plus, our high school football team has a big uh, football game that Friday night, and we have Mizzou mm-hmm. tickets on Saturday. So it's kind of a combination of a bunch there. of things coming together. So uh, going to get down for a marathon. So, uh, yeah. So we'll have a good run and enjoy the weekend. Yep. Definitely. Thank you. I All hope right. your knee continues to recover. It's getting there. It's a mess. I had to get a new brace today, but uh, we'll get there slowly but surely. Yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, it's a pain in the butt. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. Have a great evening. All righty. All right. So it's 407 413 9395. 407 413 9395. Peggy, just give us a call. This on the phone at 407 413 9395. When I'm speaking with somebody, uh, I can see the calls coming in, but I can't take the next call because we can only take one at a time. All right, we got three coming at the same time here, so let's see what we got. And all right, we have our next caller. Hey, who's joining us? Uh, this is uh, Doug from Michigan. How you doing, Mike? Hey, Doug. See, hey, okay, we met our Michigan quota tonight because Scott bailed, so we had to have Michigan represented. So, Doug, you, you saved the show. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you. What's going on? Uh, I actually had a wine and dine question. I'm sorry that you're not going to be there, but uh, it's killing me. It is. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope your knee. I hope your knee feels better. Yeah. It's, well, uh, we'll it's actually going to be my first run Disney race and my first half marathon. So I am super excited. So wait. So you've never. So you've never run a like a regular like a half marathon back in your town or anything like that? No, not an official one. Oh, you're gonna have so much fun, man. You're gonna be going down that chute. I'm so jealous. Cause when you hit that the last like uh point one, it's such an amazing feeling. It run Disney does it better than anybody. You are gonna have such a good time. Now you're making me feel bad because I don't think I'm going. But I still haven't canceled my reservation. I'm signed up for the challenge. But I, we, have a, we have a perfect football season going this year, and my knees really doesn't need it. But uh, uh, I don't think I'm going to make it. But, yeah, you're going to have a good time. So what's your question, though? How can I help you? So the, uh, the course map came out, and uh, it looks like this year we're running through uh, Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land, which I guess is different from Wine and Dine in past years. And there were people saying, uh, oh, no, we have the long walk to the beginning 
uh, Epcot because the race starts and ends in Epcot this year. So what are they talking about? So I looked at the course map and I thought it was the same course as last year. And now one of the races last year, and I can't remember which one, I think it was spring surprise. We did run through galaxy's edge and toy story, but just, yeah, it looks like this year it's basically the same as springtime surprise, just with some extra kind of loops to make it 13.1. Right. Right. Cause I glanced at it cause it's it, the wine and dine course. Isn't my favorite. Because there's a lot of road, especially in the 10K, too, um, which is, I mean, that's actually a good course for, like, somebody that's trying to get a decent time because the roads are flat, and you can really get moving on those roads. I mean, they're good for that. But I'm all about running. <laughs> I'm not fast, and I'm old. So, like, I just I want to see stuff. Like, I want to be in the theme parks as much as I can. Um, but, yeah, we did run through Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story, but it wasn't a lot. Like, we didn't go past uh, – we. Because I kept telling myself, oh, I want to stop and get get my picture in front of the Millennium Falcon. We didn't go that deep into Galaxy's Edge. We never made it to the Millennium Falcon. Like, we just barely went in and went out. Um, so we did that. But uh, yeah, so as I recall, let me pull the, I'll pull the course map. Well, I can't pull it right now. But I did see it, and I believe it does start out on the, uh, that, um, I forget what it's called, like the backstage road uh, for uh, Wine and Dine at Epcot. And then you just kind of go down. Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna get time in the studios. It's not gonna be a ton of time, but you're gonna get time in the studios. But you're really the most fun part of that course is uh, Epcot. You're gonna enjoy Epcot. Are you just doing the half marathon? Yep, that's it. Yeah, you'll have, it's it's fun. I mean, and the thing is, even out on the roads, you're gonna have entertainment out there too. You're gonna have marching bands and all kinds of stuff, and you know DJs from Disney and all kind of characters. Like people like the tumble monkeys will be out there, stilt walkers from Disney, all kinds of entertainment. So, you know, the time will pass, but I would have like headphones or something to entertain you for the little sections in between. But you're going to you're going to have a blast. I am. There's nothing like your first run Disney race and that feeling going down the chute. And there's going to be a ton of lizards there for look. So look for the lizards uh, before you uh, go over to the corrals and just have an amazing race. And uh, let me know what you think when you get back. For sure. It, it was interesting um, when uh, I decided to, to run. I was really running just so I could do like the Castaway Key 5K. That's how I started getting into running. And then uh, I was like, well, maybe a run Disney race would be fun. And we were on a walk one night and we were trying to figure out like, well, marathon is, is like a little tough, but I know there's one in November. Um that we could probably make work. And then we, we checked to see when the signup was and it was literally the next day. Oh, you're so, so lucky. <laughs> yeah. So then we, you know, I was able to get in and then we've been planning and, you know, I've been training ever since. So, uh, very excited, you know, just for the expo and, and for, for pretty much the whole thing. So I'm going to be on that first bus at two thirty in the morning. Best advice. Yeah. Like, you know, I've done a bunch of these. I've probably done 50 or more of these, you know, races over the years. And I, I kind of tend to, to play a little more loose with the buses because I just, because I've done it so many times, but that that's good advice. Be on one of the first buses. That way you're not freaking out at how long, because those bus lines get super long to get over there. And that's the first thing that freaks me out. What hotel are you staying at for the weekend? Uh, we're doing Holly on Thursday and Friday night, and then we're switching to Art of Animation for Saturday and Sunday. That'll work fine. Yeah, that'll be fine. It'll be great. So, do you have anything? I know this is, I'm kind of superstitious this way, but 
anything like lined up for celebratory uh sunday or wait yeah no monday oh no monday we just fled back but, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll go to the we'll go to the after party on uh yeah on Sunday and, and have a good time there. That's what you do. Well, hey, good luck and don't go too fast. Even if you're fast, enjoy it. It's going to be and take a million pictures. Also, one tip: get Memory Maker if you don't have it, because you're going to get amazing shots out there. You get at least thirty or forty. This is the time to have it, especially for your first race. Yeah, yeah, we got the we got the one day for, for yeah, that day. totally. So, you're going to want it because they're going to give you some good shots, yeah. and you're going to want to share those because. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's awesome. And think about here's the last little piece of advice that I wish somebody would have told me like t- before 20 races. Like, think about what you want to look like when you cross the finish line for your finish line photo. Because, like, I always think about it, but it's like 10 feet after I cross the finish line and it's too late. And there's, there's like robo cameras way up high above that are taking pictures of you. So there will be photographers right there at the finish line taking shots from ground level, but there's also cameras above like robotic cameras taking pictures too. So get into your pose about maybe about 20 yards before the finish line and just kind of hold it as you cross the line. If you want a really good picture, not that I'm trying, Scott and I have done this enough times. We're getting ready to pose. So I'm just saying, (laughs) get some good shots. That's great advice. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Have a good run and let us know how it goes. I hope you have a wonderful time. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Good luck. Take care. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. 407-413-9395. How about that makes me so happy. A first time half marathoner at Walt Disney World at the Wine and Dine Half Marathon. That makes me extremely happy because when you get the opportunity to do these races, it's such a blessing to get to get out there. And be around so many Disney fans and get all this entertainment. You get a medal at the end, which is a souvenir that you earned. You couldn't buy. You had to earn it. It has a story behind it because you'll talk about, oh, it was hot or, oh, it was cold or, oh, I had a cramp at mile seven. Everything's got a story. So I love this. So uh, Doug up in Michigan, have a great run and give us a call here in a couple of weeks. And we will talk about your experience. Okay, 407 413-9395, 407-413-9395. Any other, um, so any other characters that you want to talk about that are unsung, minor teeny weeny characters around the Walt Disney World property? What do you want to talk about? I like Humphrey. I'm trying to think about other resorts that have something maybe like Humphrey. Uh, I'm trying to think. What would be another resort that might have its own character as i think about it back in the day you know this was you know a while back the grand floridian had the greeter uh no well so the the beach club had art the greeter for years and years he was kind of legendary because he was in those travel channel specials oh my gosh marty just has one push the trash can yes and i have a lot of here's a here's the funny thing about push though I have a lot of pictures from with push from back in the day, but when you get home and people look at those pictures, it truly does look like you're just getting your picture taken with a trash can because in a, in a still shot, you can't really tell that push the trash can is interactive. You need video for that. So that's what like uh, TikTok and reels is made for, but unfortunately push predated TikTok in reels. There was also, so, oh man, 
I'm trying to think kind of the next generation push in Tomorrowland was this robot. Now this was because I remember Mallory and Emily who are now 14 and 15. They met this guy. He rolled around Tomorrowland. So I want to say in the pictures, they're probably both about, this is probably about six or seven years ago. This robot would roll around Tomorrowland and talk to the guests he was obviously kind of built on a Segway platform because he rolled around. He didn't have legs, but he had he had wheels. But, I mean, it was, I don't know exactly like if there was a person inside this robot, if it was totally robotic and it was somebody, like, watching from a distance that was interacting with you. But there was, there was this robot that would roll around. He has a name. I just can't think of it. But, uh, yeah, that was one of the cool characters. And he was there for a while. And he was back, actually. Not too long ago, for a couple of days, I saw it on social media. People were getting their pictures with him again, and I haven't heard from him since. But there was this cool robot that would go around Tomorrowland and just interact with the guests. He would talk. I mean, he would you know call you by name. He would answer questions. It was it was kind of like push the trash can. You could interact like on a you know on a personal level. So that was kind of fun. So okay, I need phone calls 407-413-9395. 407-413-9395. Four one three nine three nine five. Kathy says, "Is Uncle Orville considered obscure?" Okay, well, two audiences, right? For the general public, Uncle Orville is absolutely obscure. Nobody knows, unless you're one of us, who Uncle Orville is. However, for us, Uncle Orville's not obscure. We all know who he is, right? No privacy at all around this place. We're headed to Connecticut with Eric. Eric, how's it going tonight? It's going good. Oh, I think everybody who's a Disney fan knows Uncle Orville, but I think people who aren't Disney fans aren't looking for him because he just has that that one line. You can pass him over quick, but we know the history. We know it's Mel Blanc. It's like the only one that uses the original uncleaned up audio and stuff like that. So Uncle Orville isn't isn't um, obscure to disney fans but to non-disney fans they have no idea who we're talking about right that's what i think would it ruin uncle orville though if all of a sudden he popped out and we saw what he looked like i think he's one of those characters that we we cannot know we can never see him because that would ruin the the mythos of uncle orville he's 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 wilson on home improvement (laughs) that's a good comparison uh, from cares yeah disney's version of that (laughs) yeah it should have been a yeah, it should have been a podcaster that just did this for the last since 2008. It's like, this is all you saw of me, like, kind of thing. Like Marshmallow or whatever that guy is. Somebody, I don't know. So what's on your mind, Eric? Hey, it's good. I hope the school year is going well. It's good to hear from you again. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been able to call in. Well, I have, like, I don't know if they're obscure characters, but they're the two characters that I love the most from one of the uh, shows. And it's the two guys in the Great Depression scene of American adventure. They're just sitting in a gas shack, right. Listening to the radio. And I don't know why, but I always feel like happy when it comes out. It seems like just this like perfect piece of Americana. So to, you, to fit the show. Are you talking about the scene where they say is, like, we're sitting outside the gas station where they say like, lend me a dime and I'll give you back two nickels in a, or like where they're selling the apple yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And the guy has the banjo. Yeah. That's and awesome. It totally rises up. It's like so much of the show is, you know, famous people. 
you see the suffragettes and yeah. you see the um, the Native American. I can't remember who it was. But here in, in this one scene, it just happens to be, you know, two guys, two guys from regular American life. The two brothers scene is the more famous one of that. But this is the only other scene that makes me really feel like I'm just watching a slice of American life from the time. I like that because they could be anybody, right? They're just, they are Joe yeah. American during the Depression, right? They're not Roy Rogers. They're not, I think it's Chief Joseph. You know, th these are yes. all people that we learned about in history. You know, Mark Twain, Ben Franklin. But that is just, I mean, that could be your neighbor in the Great Depression, you know, or a relative, you know, it. I like that. Now every time Eric, now every time I see that scene, I'm thinking of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and my my scariest ride, maybe this is a, a personal thing, but Astro Orbit Orbiter terrifies me. Really? Um Yeah. You go up and like you're you're you start at like eight stories high. Right. And it is deceptively fast. It like is, that, that right? No, I'm, I'm with the you. magic carpets of America and go, but these are like, these are rockets. They are going at a good speed. They do. If you are afraid <laughs> of heights and you're, you're up there at the peak, 10, 11 stories up at like just about the highest point in the magic kingdom, <laughs> you're going right. around in circles. I, I was frightened up there. I Man. love that ride, but now you got me for, no, you're exactly right there. Also, here's what scares me the most about this ride. It's the elevator <laughs> in July. I'm scared that if I ever got trapped in that thing, you got about 20 seconds of life left before you would cook. Yeah. That thing is so and hot. You, you, oh. you thought the uh, monorail smelled bad in August. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, but you're exactly right about the Astro Orbiter going fast. And it's, it's deceiving, right? Because when you watch it and you're like, you're in line for Space Mountain or, you know, you're just walking around Tomorrowland. It looks so beautiful. It just looks like a little toy up there going around like a mobile yeah. in a kid's place. And you just got off Dumbo, and that was slow and leisurely. Right. But they made it feel like it's a rocket. It even tilts a little bit if you're up high. Like, Dumbo keeps it straight, but these are a little bit tilted inward. So, I don't know, man. That's kind of low-key terrifying <laughs> to me. I like it. They, yeah, because you're right. When I'm on that thing, I'm always thinking... It almost hurts because it, it like because the centrifugal force pushes me to the outside of the rocket. Like, ah man, it's kind of hurting my ribs. It's here. a roller coaster helix for two minutes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Oh man, Eric, I'm, I'm glad you got to call tonight. It's been too long. Yeah, it really has. Uh, the other thing i I haven't heard Friday's show yet, but I don't know if you mentioned the tunnel in the Jungle Cruise. No, I'm, I'm no sure I didn't think about did. that. No, it's a good one. Uh, but like it's it's kind of creepy. And then this one night, we had a skipper who, while we were going through, you know, it has that kind of eerie music going on. Yeah. Along to the eerie music, he began to go. It's a small world after all. Yeah, that's not scary at all. And it was both hilarious and like really like those. Um, those movies that will use a popular song but slow it down to make it sound creepy in a thriller or something like that. Yeah. It was I, I don't need people good. like in I, a in that kind of a minor tone singing a yeah. children's song. <laughs> that just yeah. Those that that's it, the it, stuff of nightmares. <laughs> the the total was creepy enough. <laughs> exactly. Can, can I ask you a can I ask you a quick trip planning podcast uh, question while we're here? That's why we're here. Give me one. Very quick. Is there a cancellation policy on tickets? 
So, like, so if you if you purchase so if you purchase Magic Your Way tickets and can't use them, yeah, something happens and like a month out something happens and you can't use them. Are you able to get a refund on that, or do you have to push the date, or what's what's the deal with that? So typically, the kind of in, if you call Disney ticketing, sometimes they'll work with you, but the kind of the the main rule is you will get the value of those tickets for 365 days. So like. If you want to say you because they, they're dated, right? So say you bought tickets to use starting on November 1st and you can't use them. If you want to, Disney will let you use those on May 1st, but the tickets on May 1st might cost more. So you would have to then pay the difference, but you would get the value of what you paid for those initial tickets towards the new tickets, but only within 365 days of the initial use date. Okay, so you get kind of like a, a one year credit. Yeah, it's yeah. So you know, so you're not like losing your money, but you will not. As far as I know, they're non refundable, and I don't think Disney does refund. I mean, I I haven't heard anybody get. You know, that's a that's a hard uh, nut to crack there. Getting having Disney handy back money, but they'll get you know they'll give you the value. Yeah. So at least you get some use out of them. Okay, fair enough. Thanks. All right. Hey, Eric, you have a have a good uh, Halloween. If I don't wait, we got another show before Halloween next uh, Sunday. We still got uh, another one to go. Oh, so. yeah. I'm going to be uh, traveling that day, though. So I'll probably catch you on the podcast. All right. Hey, I appreciate you and uh, stay safe up in Connecticut. Yeah, good. Good to hear from you. Guys. OK, good to Bye-bye. hear from you. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right. 407-413-9395. 407-413-9395. Marty says the drop in Pirates. Gets her every time. That's a. There's always like one split second in Pirates where I think it's like further down than it is. Like, I'm like, okay, it's a small drop. It's not a big deal. I've been down this a million times. And then for like maybe a tenth of a second, I'm like, this thing's still going down. And then we bottom out and we're good. So I always wonder about that because it's totally dark and you can't see where you're going. Uh, also, Lori says, I took my daughter to a local fair and found myself comparing every ride to Disney World equivalents. It's now the standard we compare everything to. I think we all do that as Disney fans, right? Whether we go to a fair, (laughs) in a fair, I hope no rides at the fair are better than anything at Walt Disney World. Please help us. Um, I'm in Missouri, so we have quite a few county fairs in our rural areas, uh, you know, but yeah, they're also usually combined with rodeos and stuff like that. So our rides are not the greatest, like, state-of-the-art rides. They're stuff that have probably been around since the 70s. But we do compare, like, oh, you know, that that's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, like we said, the Astro Orbiter, you know, for some spinny ride. But when I go to Six Flags, here, this is kind of a bad thing. Because Six Flags, we have a Six Flags here about 20 minutes from our house. And, of course, Mallory and her friends go to Six Flags for things like right now they're doing something called Fright Fest. So it's like a Halloween celebration. And, I mean, that's what kids in St. Louis do. They can't go to Walt Disney World on the weekend. We're in St. Louis. So they go there. But the thing is, Mallory, this is, I, and I feel bad as a dad, right? Mallory grew up going to Walt Disney World. Like, we went down there two or three times a year, and maybe your kids are the same way. And so... She's gone to Walt Disney World probably seven or eight times as many times as she's gone to Six Flags, which is 20 minutes from our house. Well, the kids that she goes to school with obviously grew up more with Six Flags and have maybe gone to Walt Disney World or Disneyland once, twice, maybe. 
So when Mallory goes to, to Six Flags, she's kind of like a little snob sometimes because she's like, well, you know, it, it, Six Flags, it was dirty or at Six Flags, it was this or at Six Flags, it was that. You know, we had to do this. We had to do that. And I try to tell her this because I get these same thoughts in my mind, too. That Six Flags is an amusement park. It's not a world-class destination that people travel to from all parts of the globe. It's a local amusement park for us in St. Louis, for Missouri, for the Midwest. And it, does, it has great roller coasters, but there's not a lot of theming. But those roller coasters are fast. They're exciting. They're intense. They'll flip you a million ways. You know, they have great state-of-the-art rides, but they don't have theming. They don't have storytelling. They don't have the same characters that, you know, our Six Flags has like Bugs Bunny and Sylvester and stuff like that. You know, Pepe Le Pew. My daughter doesn't know who those people are. Like she never watched those cartoons on Saturday mornings. So it, it, it's a strange thing because I was a kid that grew up with Six Flags. I never got to go to, we were poor. To go to Six Flags was like going to Disney World for me when I was a kid. We got some free tickets every once in a while. My dad would have his work party. My dad was a cement mason. They'd rent out the place and have a par picnic out there once a year. And we'd go to Six Flags, and it was the greatest day in the history of the world to ride roller coasters and stuff, and the log ride, and the time tunnel, and the, you know, the Ferris wheel. And, you know, meeting Bugs Bunny was cool to me. But for my daughter, it's so different. So I see a lot of people saying, you know, you know, amusement park is different than a theme park. That's a brook saying, I agree. Um, you know, Carolyn says same with her kids. They have annual passes for Disneyland for several years. They compare everything to Disneyland. I, I think you just can't help it. You know, we, we've gone to Six Flags a couple times the last couple of years. And what I have to do is I have to make a reset of my brain and just say, and like Brooke said, I'm at a, an amusement park. I'm just here to have fun. Like I don't have to have every ride telling a story that's connected to an IP, you know, that's, uh, this is from 1955, you know, but it's weird because our Six Flags that we have opened in, it opened in 1971. So it was celebrating 50 years this year, just like a Walt Disney World. So yeah, crazy stuff. And uh, it's interesting. So that is where I stand on that. And with that, I think we're going to wrap the show because I'm actually, uh, <laughs> look, I'm actually getting a nosebleed, so I gotta call this thing off before uh, it gets any worse. But uh, let's uh, let's do this. So we're gonna wrap the show, and we'll be back again next Sunday night. So thanks for hanging with me, and uh, we'll be back again next Sunday night with Scott. We'll be taking your calls. I apologize, we gotta cut this about ten minutes short, but uh, we had a good time tonight. And of course, we'll have the shows on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. I love you guys. I appreciate you supporting our show. I love talking to you on Sunday nights. It's always so much fun. So I'm going to duck out of here. Don't forget our show is always brought to you by the Magic for Less Travel. Standing by right now. All the agents are to help you plan an amazing Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney trip. Check them out today over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link, beourguestpodcast.com slash Amazon. And a sincere thank you to the patrons of the show. You make all these shows possible. So please join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash be our guest podcast. Also, give me a follow on social media at Be Our Guest Mike. Let's talk this week. I love talking with you guys, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. Sorry that I got to cut this short. 
I don't know if it's allergies or what, but it's just maybe it's because I've been talking for an hour. But I've been fighting this all day, and here it is again. I was hoping it wouldn't happen tonight, but here we go. All right, so we are going to cut out of here, and we'll be back again next Sunday night with Scotty G from the Big City. I'm Mike, and uh, you guys stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you real soon. You've been listening to the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at BeOurGuestPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.